to another episode of Inspire for Five, the Singularity U Australia podcast, where we speak to entrepreneurs, people in technology, and people who have something of value to say around the global grand challenges, around how to use technology to create a better place. Today, we're talking with Jeanette Chia, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hacker Exchange, which is a global entrepreneurship organization for young people. Jeanette was involved with us during the Singularity U Australia Summit in 2019. Welcome, Jeanette. Hi, Christina. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to share some of your knowledge and wisdom. Um, How did you find the summit in 2019? I had a great time at the summit, actually. I've been a Singularity fan um, for a few years now, ever since I was still in corporate. And I saw this shining light outside of corporate going, oh, what's that? I should go and check that out. Um, So actually being at the summit last year was very cool. And the thing that really stood out for me was um, all of the medical advances. I think as somebody who works more in business, we don't often get exposure to that kind of science. Um, so I came away very pumped about the fact that I'm going to live forever um, and that we're going to approach the cellularity very quickly. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to a medical specialist yesterday who said that even in he's in medical and he's, his business is in medical tech, but he has no idea what's going on outside his niche um, around medical tech. And he finds it quite interesting to be able to source information mm. from different fields because the more um, the more progress we make, the more we realise um, that convergence of technologies is what's going to or is, what, is what's creating the exponential rate of change. So that whole convergence that's been happening over the last couple of years uh, where it's not, not, a, um, not one tech in isolation that's creating new discoveries. So very interesting uh, yeah. that you should say that as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, the other thing is, is that, like, I've got a sociology background, so the thing that, that always lights me up is looking at this tech and that convergence, as you say, and thinking about what does that actually mean for for society and the rules and norms that we put in place going forward and, and how are we going to start those conversations? And I think singularity has such an important role to play in that particular space. Yeah, I think we all have an important role to play in that as far as the particularly the conversations go. Um, and and the mindset that we're going to approach them with, which is leads me perfectly <laughs> into your um, your topic for today, which is the five mindsets of the future generation. How did you um, come up with that topic? What led you into that field? Well, I think you know working with um, students, particularly all the way from high school through to university. I know that that's kind of a structured education sector, but we work with this generation all day, every day, helping them to unlock their potential, helping them to sort of see beyond the walls of their classroom and physically flying them to places like Tel Aviv and Silicon Valley, um, Singapore, and helping them to build their startups. And so being immersed with that generation has been really inspiring for me um, and really understanding how they think and how they start to um, structure their you know, their businesses and how they think about their impact. So I just thought it would be really interesting for me to share that with the audience about what I'm experiencing and the joy that I get to see every day and also what that might help us um, realise about the way we currently think um, in our very, daily lives. Very much looking forward to this conversation. So number one, we had a, um, had a bit of a chat earlier. Number one, impact drivers. Can you expand on that concept? Yeah, absolutely. So the, this generation is, and I don't think it's going to be any, a huge surprise to people, but they are so driven. Essentially, they are focused on sustainability actually as a practice um, and they do spend a lot of time, money and energy seeking out sustainability practices. But even more than that, I mean, we see stats like 50% of the Vice audience, the Vice media audience, choose brands that actually have a cause. So we're talking about those brands like, like Thank You Water, um, people that will actually make um, conscious efforts to get out of their 
uh, out of the supermarket to buy something that's impactful. Um, and when we look at the hacker exchange alumni and startup community, I see that about 35% of those uh, startups are actually social enterprise and even more than that are impact driven. Um, so I think it's it's really exciting to see this generation being so focused on impact. And that has a lot of implications for brands these days as well. Um, I know this generation does not want to see brands pushing an agenda. They actually want to see brands with a point of view. And I think that's a key differentiator um, that a lot of marketers and, and people sort of creating new tech and new brands need to get their, their minds across. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more um, organisations very much concerned with purpose and being purpose-driven and being impact-driven themselves. So I think that's a it's a really nice almost this um, hundredth monkey syndrome or tipping point, if you like, where we're getting we're getting it from from both ends of the of the market. Yeah, I hope so. And I think you know what what I'm really enjoying watching is that as they build their business models, like we sort of coach them through typical things like growth hacking and and business model canvas and things that will help them get something off the ground. But that as they're going through that, they're baking in impact, they're baking in purpose right from that that get go, and often without any prompting. Um, so it's definitely something that they've they've grown up with and they've, they've sort of embodied um, throughout their their lives. Uh, and hopefully, as they become the business leaders and the tech leaders of the future, they'll continue to do that. Yeah, I was very impressed with the Davos manifesto that came out in January this year. That actually um, has moved us from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism and has said, you know, I mean, Branson's been saying it for a long time, look after your staff because if you've got happy staff, they'll look after customers. If you've got happy customers, you'll have happy shareholders. So let's look after the whole community. Uh, And as we know, um, Branson is very much impact-driven to make a difference across many different fields. So I think that that's quite um, a good thing that's coming from business corporations and at least if if a lot of them aren't walking the talk at the moment at least they're talking which is the first step in walking that's right it's, uh, you know <laughs> small steps to start and I think you know the way you just described that the Branson concept it seems so simple and it seems so logical I'm um, sorry you know it, um, it's interesting to see why uh, it's taken so long for more corporations to, to pick up that but, um, yeah no I love that very cool why did we ever move away from it? Um, so n- number two, you talk about um, learning because that, that is a lot of um, your business and what you do and, and how you help um, the people that you work with. So yeah. learning, um, lifelong discovery, you used quite a few different words to describe what this process is. Um, how, what, what are the, what's the best description for you and what, how does that play out in reality? Uh, so, so this, you know, mindset number two being learning as a lifelong discovery for this generation, I think, I think it's interesting that a lot of them really feel like the education system has failed them in some way. And whether that is in their primary school or, or university, they often feel like they're not connected um, to that learning. And learning, as I know one of your previous podcast guests has said, is that it still hasn't changed in a long time. It's often one way. And this is also the same with things like news. So I would extend learning to outside of the classroom to also include anything that they're curious about, anything that's important to them in the world. Um, and so they are very curious. They will question. They've grown up in a world where, you know, we're <laughs> beyond fact-based news. Um, so they do seek out their own truths um, and it's not necessarily anything that's being fed to them that will be discovered. I love that. Curiosity is so integral to learning. Is that what you're finding with um, with everybody that you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is something that you can teach, I think. So curiosity is something that you can teach people to be and, and coach them to ask questions and to really uh, see what they're receiving because at the end of the day they are they've grown up in this, this world where news and, and facts are well, often beyond facts <laughs> um, and so they do look to find their own truth they they really reject this concept 
concept of a one-way communication, whether that be from a newsreader or from a teacher or from a lecturer. Um, and so I really admire the fact that this generation really goes out of their way to seek their own version or their own facts uh, to, to discover uh, things that are important to them. I mean, a really interesting example um, I wanted to share with you. I mean, we we brought the students out to um, to the Google campuses over at SF. One of our friends out there, his name was Devin Mancuso. He was actually a, um, a deep researcher in the concept of virtual influences, right? So he was researching this concept of people on YouTube being VTubers, so virtual tubers, who create a persona and yet influence masses and masses of market reach masses of people. Millions of people just listen to them from news, entertainment, etc. And I think it's interesting that they could be discovering great news and great information and learning from somebody that is a virtual bunny and not somebody from CNN. I mean, that is something that a, a you know this generation will actually go out and seek, um, which I find really fascinating. Which is exciting because it's not it's and it goes back to university and education as well. It's not what you get taught um, with chalk you know, on, on the board or in notes or whatever. It's how things um, go into practice. And I know that, um, the, you know, one of the EY, for example, have said that they no longer require a degree um, yeah. for you in order to go and work there because now they're, they're more interested in your ability to learn, your curiosity um, mm-hmm. and how eager you are to learn new things, which I think is is really exciting because you don't, you're not just regurgitating, you're not just repeating. So as you say, you don't need that degree to be the influencer, to have the knowledge, to have the experience that you share with other people. Yeah, and I mean, our perspective from the Hacker Exchange is really that if in a, in a world where information is virtually free, um, you can find as much as information as you want. Those real transformative learning experiences do happen when you're with people, and that could be, you know, digitally with people or sort of physically with people, but it is about asking those questions and really challenging yourself and discovering um, things about how the world interacts with your own point of view, not just what something is. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, the third point that you mentioned was mental well-being, and one of the things that I often talk to people about is that it's that mental well-being that's going to help us actually deal with the exponential rate of change. So mm. it's no it's no surprise that, you know, yoga, meditation, mindfulness are very topical and gaining in popularity and workplaces are having yoga at lunchtime, et cetera. Um, mm. What's your take on mental wellbeing with, with um, you know, through the Hacker Exchange and your experiences with the young entrepreneurs? You, you know, there's, it's quite funny actually. There's, there's a lot of memes online about uh, therapy. I don't know if you've seen a lot of them, but they talk about, uh, they joke about how the previous generations see therapy and, and mental wellbeing and sort of mental health as being really stigmatised, which it, which it is and has been um, for years. And yet this generation will wake up in the morning and go for coffee and straight up say, hey, guys, let me tell you what my therapist told me and here's what I learned about myself when I was meditating last night. But they really bring it up as part of a general chat, which I think is such a cool way of engaging with their own mental health. Um, yeah. So on a recent trip, we actually had a group of students. One was uh, had depression, one was suffering anxiety, and another um, actually was neurodiverse in terms of being uh, on the spectrum. And they were so chill and inclusive and open about talking about their struggles, their therapy, their, their medications, the way they dealt with it. And I love the fact that they continuously lifted each other up and talked about it from a very open-minded perspective. So from that perspective, I think inclusivity is the norm. Um, spirituality is definitely... Uh, important but I'd be very careful to delineate spirituality from religion that is not 
the same thing for this generation. Um, Definitely. And I think what is kind of interesting as well is that we often think about mental wellness as being separate to technology, um, and yet I do see that technology is often an enabler for spirituality and wellness, whether it's in the form of a great app that supports meditation or reminders to get up and walk or um, way, we know prompters to help you interact with, um, with each other. There's actually a great startup here in Melbourne called AI on Spectrum, and they're working on some technology to help children recognise emotions um, through technology and through virtual reality to support them as they grow up into the world to deal with, um, with their spectrum sort of needs. So I think it's a really fantastic uh, shift in the way that, you know, we're thinking about mental well-being, mental wellness, um, and just taking care of ourselves and each other and, and, and um, being really open about it because that's how you're going to continue to connect with the future and what's, what's coming through and, as you said, get ready for the exponential changes. Yeah, I think we, um, if we operate from the pillars of, of body, mind, heart, soul, um, as you say, spirituality, religion are, are not the same thing um, uh, and, and not taking anything away from people that find that great solace um, in religion. Wonderful. So I'm, I, I kind of, I'm with you. I, I consider myself to be a spiritual person rather than a, um, rather than a religious person. Uh, but I think also it's that balance, you know, it's the balance between the technology and the mental well-being uh, I know I just took a group of students also to, to Silicon Valley we went to Googleplex and there were bikes everywhere and one of the students asked um, asked the guy that was taking us around you know why why are all the bikes around everywhere and he said well you know it's a very big campus if we've got a meeting with someone we'll grab a bike we'll go from here to, to the other side of the campus where we need to be um, and you know that we, we we do that and this is all from the people that invented um, you know Google Hangouts so even even the people that invented Google Hangouts go, technology is awesome and let's use it when we can. But face, there's nothing like that face to face, and we are a tactile being. You know, we like to feel to feel each other and we like to feel that energy. So yeah, yeah love that very much. Um, and your fourth point. Uh, this is a word that I only recently learned, which might which many of your community might have known for a long time. Um, but the concept of hope punk, you know, this this feeling that they are genuinely you know caring about as we said before impact and 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 making change and they're getting a little bit frustrated and impatient with the leadership that they're observing in in politics and and corporate and others um and hope punk is this concept about taking that care and applying a punk rock attitude (laughs) so it's not about submission or acceptance um it's saying that change requires that that bravery and strength and and really sort of standing up and being a little bit you know um maybe breaking some rules and not being too afraid to do that and not being afraid of your reputation and taking kind of that really great punk rock kind of attitude and applying it to optimism. Um, and I see that in the way that they, the way that they speak um, to authority. Um, I see that in the way that they, uh, they present their business concepts. They're not in line necessarily with the way that business is expected to be done. Um, and I also see that in the way that they actively question, you know, myself as well as the professionals that we go visit, um, they're not afraid to ask the tricky questions from large technology corporates that we that we go and chat to. Uh, they're not worried about ruining their professional reputation um, necessarily to stand up for, you know, for and against, sorry, to stand up against something like sexual harassment. So I think I'm very proud of the fact that um, this punk rock attitude is, is kind of taking on the cloak of optimism um, and hoping that it's going to make some change. I, I love the term um you know, hope punk. I think it's it's amazing, and and uh, having having actually taught 
uh, in a music business school and teaching about the whole punk uh, era, then I, then it, it makes me, you know, really, I've got a really big smile on my face right now. Um, tell me, with it, with the, so I also lecture in entrepreneurship and sometimes everything's going really well and the conversations are flowing and everything's, you know, fairly easy and I'm getting very much the attitude that you just talked about and everyone's curious. And then as soon as I say the word assessment, it's like the shield comes over. There's this, there's this vacant look that comes over. Do you find that with the with the young entrepreneurs that you're talking with? Because I know that there is this um, this element of accreditation with what you do as well. What's your experience with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Actually, um, I I do I do admit that anytime there's something that's inverted commas due or it needs to be submitted, they kind of like roll their eyes a little bit and it becomes more of a checkbox concept. Um, you know, we, we have the we have the benefit that we've created our own course, so we we are able to sort of make all of the assessments um, as part of what you would need to do as, as in the real world anyway. So we have things like you know just submit the conversations that you had with your market research participants. That doesn't necessarily need to be in a format. But I think you're right. The the checkbox concept does shut down a lot of creativity. I think it is important for some some elements of learning and education, but really it's about what's demonstrated. Uh, so if I could have my way, I'd love to see, um, I'd love to see you know the, these kids being able to demonstrate their learning um, in a real world concept rather than having to hand in an ass- assessment because sometimes they're better at writing than they are at speaking. Sometimes they're better at, at videoing themselves than they are at you know writing essays. So I think allowing them to be fluid in the way that they um, present themselves and present their learnings, I think would be awesome uh, in the future. Uh, we used to run a, um, so in this music school that I that I ran some time ago, we actually ran their assessment tasks based on them organising a music festival. Uh, and they were, they were contacting, you know, the BMGs and the shock records of the world yeah. when, you know, way back then. So, which brings me to um, the other two words that you said, which is the fifth mindset which I really love borderless and fluid uh which has so many connotations those words those words incorporate so many different things um over to you yeah thank you so I I sort of listed this down as something that that I've observed in the way they they think about the world and I guess in a world where we are starting to see almost people trying to build more borders up amongst us whether it be travel bans or trade bans or whatever it is um it's really heartening to see that you know, the students I work with really think of the world as borderless. They think that they they have the right to be anywhere and everyone should have the right to be everywhere, whether that's um, from a technology or a physical perspective. I, I find it so fascinating when they actually have peers that are from a non-Australian uh, passport-holding background and they actually witness firsthand the fact that they're having trouble getting into certain countries. Their outrage is, is really palpable and I guess I can identify with that. Um but the borderless concept as well, I think it, it applies to more than just physical borders. It also applies to things like gender. You know, I think that gender and flu- uh, gender borders and gender fluidity is something that is very important to the generation that, that we're working with. Um, it applies to their own identities. They don't necessarily see themselves as just a student or as just a business, you know, person or just a founder. They are so many things wrapped up into one. Um, and it is instead of a Venn diagram, you're almost seeing like triplicates of Venn diagrams overlapping on top of each other um, to to help them find their their borderless and fluid identity. Um, and I, look, I, I have I have a prediction that this might actually you know spill over into the way we define relationships and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think it is definitely the way they're looking at their future of work 
and the future of identity and the future of um, engagement with the global economy. Yeah, we just had a um, just came back from a Singularity U um, partner meeting, and there were people from all over the world. It was it was remarkable to have everybody with a shared vision from so many different cultures and backgrounds and histories and perceptions and ages and you know um, gender, sex, nationality, color, everything. We had we had a you know a, a big mix in the room, which brings me to um, a question. So we're talking about the five mindsets of the future generation. Uh, and I'm listening to each one of those topics going, are we, are we classifying those mindsets within a generation being the, the, you know, the, the generation that, that's coming through now? Do these traits actually um, occur and are they, are they demonstrable in other generations as well? Like, you know, from baby boomers to, to the um, kids being born now, what, you know, how do we, how do we make that borderless? Do you find that it's the things that you're defining are related to a generation or do you think that that we can go borderless on that as well yeah I, I think absolutely we we could consider some of these to be borderless for sure I mean the the point about mental well-being I think is well transcending uh you know the current generation that's coming through for students so I think that that movement is well and truly um in the mainstream uh with with gen x and boomers and Ys and, and everybody um I think you know there's there's interesting to see like some of this stuff has probably been been and done before right so I, I'm looking at this from the benefit of looking at young ones today but hope punk was probably around 40 years ago <laughs> as well in a different format so I think that um I think yeah it's a really good point I think that all of these impact you know lifelong discovery and learning mental well-being this hope punk and this fluidity like all of this is starting to come through and, and there's no reason why it needs to be uh, um you know locked into a, a generation I think it can transcend yeah, and I think if if there's different people like you're working with these um, with these young people and these future global entrepreneurs, uh, and then you know at SU our executive programs work with the leaders who are you know traditionally mm. forty years and upwards. Um, if we're all working with this with in similar mindset, if we're all trying to create this similar mindset, then potentially borrowing Malcolm Gladwell's you know the, the term that he made popular, the tipping point. Mm. Potentially we can tip into impact drivers who are lifelong learners, who are concerned about um, mental well-being, who go hashtag cope punk, I love it, I'm going to use it, um, and, and and flow into that borderless and fluid. So, you know, I think if we can extend all those wonderful things that you've been speaking about um, across across communities far and wide, then we're really going to get somewhere with um, with the next whatever the next new is where, you know, potentially the pillars are hope, love, respect, you know, the way that we actually want to see the world. Yeah, that would be a great world, wouldn't it? Fantastic, yeah. Um, love what you're doing. Thank you so much for, for speaking with us today. I love those definitions. I love the mindsets um, and very much looking forward to future relationships with you and the Hacker Exchange. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun and uh, likewise. We've been speaking with Jeanette Chia, who's co-founder and CEO of the Hacker Exchange working with global entrepreneurs, um, a global entrepreneurial organisation actually for young people. And we invite you to join chapters, get involved with Singularity U, get involved with the Hacker Exchange and let's do what we can to make the world a better place. 